I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL podcast and videocast. You know, each week we take a look at what's going on in the NFL, and during the season, we analyze your fantasy picks. Now, this week we're taking a look at something quite different. My esteemed colleague is former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer, who provides his valuable insights to the process. And unless you've been under a rock for the last 30 years, you have to know the NFL is probably the greatest marketing wing of any business in history, and to be sure the NFL is a business. And part of that business is helping the development of its next generations of players all the way down to elementary and junior high school, as well as uh, high school itself, grooming the upcoming NFL players. But it's more important than that. It's a way to show kids the right and wrong way to play the game safely. And we've all heard of the punt, pass, and kick competition, which goes back to the days when I was in grade school. Uh, this is where we talk about football camps. And my colleague here actually is running a series of these camps. Uh, Eric, let me ask you, first of all, why? And then let's talk about what these camps are all about. Why, why did you develop what you're developing here? Well, uh, so I, I, I retired, uh, not because I wanted to, but because of a neck injury when I was in 1999 when I was with the Chargers. And um, it took me about, I don't know, probably a year and a half or so kind of physically to just start feeling better. Mm -hmm. But um, in 2000, um, uh, a friend of mine who had also played with the Bears for quite a while, uh, Ryan Wetnight, um, a, 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 uh, um, a former teammate of mine in youth football, I think he was probably about 9, 10, 11 years old, named Chris English, got in touch with me. And he was coaching his son over at the T.O. Titans, and, uh, which is Thousand Oaks, not, not far by at all. And uh, so... Ryan and I started taking uh, uh, his son and uh, uh, Chris's son, and then the quarterback that was thrown to him. And then there was another receiver who I had not remembered uh, until recently, a guy named Evan Yabu. Evan Yabu is now the head coach at Thousand Oaks High School. So he played at, at the high school as well. And the reason that Ryan and I started this was just to reach back and uh, help uh, kind of, I guess, give away what we had learned over the years. And Ryan was a tight end, kind of a H-back move tight end that was from up in Fresno. And uh, he had come back and um, was living with me for a couple of years, helping coach Griffin's, my oldest son's youth football team. And then that's what we kind of started together. And then um, uh, it grew from there to where I started working with uh, a girl high school's quarterback what happened there was clay matthews the dad who was uh played even before i did but was still playing at the same time uh he was with the browns when he played and mostly with the browns and i think he ended up with the falcons he gave me a call one day to come over and work with their quarterback and uh as a freshman and that was the same team that his son clay then being with the packers and before that going to usc was on and this is brian walker and that's how I started working with all the girl high school quarterbacks. And then I would have them bring their receivers too when they were ready. And it's just, a, it's been a fun experience to be part of someone else's growth. And now you see a lot of the kids that would come, uh, Dustin Croyd was the coach at, uh, or played quarterback at a girl high school. And now he's their head coach. Um, I mentioned Evan Yabu. Sean Miller is another one that went to Royal High School. He's now the receiver coach at Agora High School. And then some of the other guys would go on and play 
you know, at big colleges, like uh, one of the first ones was Scott Dakey, who had played Loyola High School, went to University of Virginia. And, um, and Brad Kaya was another one that had gone to, he started coming like in eighth grade. And he eventually went to Chaminade, where their coach, Ed Croson, uh, had coached me as a 10th grader at St. Genevieve in JV. And Brad went to Chaminade. And then ended up in 2000, I think it was 12 or 13, they won the CF championship. And Brad went on to get a scholarship to play at the University of Miami and eventually was drafted by the um, Detroit Lions. And so I think he was there for a couple of years. Anyway, so that that whole process is just fun. And then, uh, as I said, it kind of later grew into something where with another former teammate, Curtis Conway, um, we used to run this deal at Chaminade where we were running like an NFL practice. And so uh, there were some quarterbacks and receivers that I continued to work with during the week. And then uh, we had a couple groups. One would be 10, you know, maybe current, what, uh, uh, eighth and ninth graders, and then current 10th and 11th graders. And we go out there and uh, Curtis for a couple of hours would work with the, you know, uh, we'd have like an individual period where I'd take the quarterbacks and he'd take the receivers for about 45 minutes, goes through little drill progressions. And then um, we get together and run routes on air. And then a friend of mine, uh, well, who coached me in junior college, Jim Fenwick, uh, by the time I was playing in the NFL, he was at uh, Valley College, and so, which is right across the town. And so Jim started way back in the early days when it was just kids and, um, and then when, um, again, when he was, when the kids got older, now we're with high school guys, and especially the older ones, um, he would have guys from Valley College come over. And when I say guys, I mean like linebacker type guys and DB type guys. And we'd end up spending the last hour running a couple of periods of one-on-one, you know, with a quarterback stolen to a receiver against a DB. And then seven on seven. And uh, we'd film it and Wednesday nights come back and, watch what they did uh, that previous week, install a few plays more, and uh, they had a playbook. And uh, uh, eventually we'd, we'd watch, you know, some NFL game video of them running the same coverages, doing things, coach to be the exact same way, a little better, but the idea was all the same. And but so, Do you target this for a certain age group, or uh, is it, you know, well, high enough? I, or yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think – so when Griffin was probably, oh, maybe nine or 10, just to give him a little, you know, concept of what a passing game is, uh, there was probably six or seven kids that I got to know because I coached his football team, in fact, Griffin's team, right. and uh, got to know some of these coaches from other teams or dads from other teams. And uh, yeah, we'd go out to Guru High School and work on a little fundamental how to take a drop back, how to throw in the right posture. And um, Jake Geringer was one of them. And uh, he played for the Camarillo Runrunners. And now he's the coach of the Camarillo High School freshman team. And so Jake went on to play, I think, at Sacramento State. And eventually he ended up um, going to Cal and playing there. So, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a fun way to stay in touch with everybody over the years and then help, you know, in someone else's development. 
You know, I have to have to think um, that uh, you were mentioning about the NFL drills and, and running it like an NFL practice. Uh, I have to think uh, in one way, there may be some of these kids because they're being coached by former NFL players. You mentioned Conway, or I remember from the Bears as a high draft pick as a receiver there. You and, and some of the others and Clay Matthews. Uh, number one, either they have to be in awe uh, of that or they have to sit there and think, who are these guys? I wasn't even born when they were playing. <laughs> that, that probably comes into play both of them. So uh, there's a, it's funny how you mentioned that because one of, so I'm coaching the at assistant coaching at Camarillo high school, which is about 15 minute drive from my house. Mm -hmm. And the quarterback that started last year is a guy named Brody Meyer, who's a pretty good quarterback. And I used to coach his brother privately when he was at St. John, uh, St. Bonaventure, Logan Meyer. And, uh, and so, uh, in fact, it was, uh, Logan Meyer, their mom, Loretta had, had, uh, I guess Logan had heard me on some podcast. I think it was, um, uh, what was it? Uh, um, uh, Adam Corolla. So uh, Adam Crow and I played youth football together. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, so bro, uh, Logan called his mom and uh, she, she texted me or something and said, what are you up to? And I said, well, not a lot, but I'm trying to get him to be a high school coach. And she says, oh, well, why don't you try so-and-so at, at uh, Camarillo? And so I did. And it took a few days. I guess he was on vacation. And Jack Willard got back to me. And uh, so now I'm coaching the quarterbacks and kind of whoever the quarterbacks throw to. And um, so it's interesting talking with Brody the other day. I said, you know, uh, we're out of breakfast. And I said, uh, all of a sudden, Brody, in the last, I don't know, couple of weeks, like he has made a tremendous leap um, mm -hmm. in everything. And I said, what, what, whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it. He goes, well, I went to, went to uh, lunch with my brother and who lives so close by Logan and uh, Logan says, well, what are you guys doing? And he says, well, we're working on this drill and that drill he goes, Oh, the, yeah. Posture. Stuff? Yeah. Are you doing the feet? Oh yeah. Doing that too. <laughs> and so I think Brody finally kind of goes, Oh, well, this isn't so bad after all. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, anyway, it's been, you know, you deal with brothers of brothers, you know, and uh, or the same family or people who know each other. And it's just a, a fun little process. And like I said, you, you from the very basic stuff, like the ones that are coming now are mostly um, uh, current eighth graders that are going to be going to Camarillo High School. Um, now there's starting to be a trickle of kids from um, high school kids that go to Oxnard and um high school and now even some other guys from um camarillo high school in fact brody said he's gonna start coming next weekend there's a couple twin brothers one's a quarterback one's a db but also plays receiver they come and so it's just a fun little build up and at first i was like wow this is really hard to kind of build up what used to be pretty damn good and uh but now that it's starting to i guess starting to weave my way in, I guess, I suppose, to, with some of these uh, youth organizations and the dads behind them. And um, yeah, it's just been fun. There's a kid there that um, named Grant Wall, who's a current eighth grader, he's 13 years old. And uh, his 
he's going to play tight end. Now, how these Camarillo High School guys, they constantly get these six foot three, four, five. <laughs> yeah, you, you, youth sports in the uh, Ventura County and Conejo Valley area are just have been for huge for years. And I, I watch a lot of the kids play in baseball. Uh, usually baseball is their number one thing, football number two, and basketball somewhere down along the way. And even some kids play hockey. It's just that uh, it, I, I look at kids and I say, okay, I'm, I'm almost, I'm five, almost 5'10". Five, it's like, everybody's bigger than me <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, so anyway, so I'm talking to his dad this morning, Rick. And Rick, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Grant never played youth football. Never played tackle youth football. And, um, but his dad coached him in flag football. And obviously the NFL is involved in continuing to get kids to play. And I think that's a great, you know, flag football for young kids is awesome. Um, and talking to Rick this morning, he was like, you know, uh, they, he made sure, Rick did, that every kid, you know, because seven on, I mean, uh, flag football is basically passing. Mm -hmm. And so he made sure every kid uh, got a couple chances to at least catch the ball um, to the point where if they were down on close to the goal line, they would have a kid basically go cross the goal line, turn around, get on his knees and be throwing the ball just to do, just to have him score. In fact, that he said they had a, a couple of uh, kids that were, um, you know, sort of challenged sort of physically and mentally. And, he would get with the other coach and say, Hey, this kid hasn't scored all year and vice versa. The other coach would do that same thing. Yeah. And, and they would make sure each other's teams got kids to perform something successfully. And I think that's as much as anything with you sports is, um, you know, first of all, getting sort of good fundamentally at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I coached my two sons in youth football too. And um, that first year uh, was Griffin's team. And we were in an eight, nine and 10 year old league. And we had a few 10 year olds that had played before um, and were very good, but we only had a few. And uh, then um, uh, in fact, one of them was Justin Arias who went on to, he was a tailback, but then had to play quarterback <laughs> And then he's the, he's the guy that scored and talented guy. He's one that scored the first, the only touchdown we had. And he went on to play at Agoura High School, as all of his, his other two brothers did too. And uh, Justin, I think, ended up going to, I want to say it was um, Idaho State and uh, ended up setting a bunch of passing records there. And I think he had a chance to, to uh, try out in the NFL. And I don't know what happened with that, but, Anyway, going back to this team, we didn't we – we had a um, – the offense that I ran in junior college was – when I say I ran, that I was a part of. Uh, the, the running game part of it was um, brought in by a guy named Don Markham. And it was – we had four running plays, four running schemes. It was a, a double team, a pull the backside, guard and tackle, and pit turn, quarterback turn and piss the ball, fullback kick out the end. And, you know, everybody do their thing. And uh, we had a counter and we had a trap and we had a sweep. That was it. And uh, we were just because of doing it all the time, it got really good. And so that's what I thought I and did bring to uh, 
to our kids, but they were very, they were so young. Most of them had never played football before. Right. And then uh, nobody knew what a pulling guard was, right? Exactly. <laughs> didn't know how to get in three point stance. Didn't know how to run a lineup in a huddle. And uh, and so we didn't win a game. Uh, and I think we scored. Justin scored the only touchdown. And um, and so all these teams, we, we and I'm talking scrimmages too. We were terrible. We couldn't get a playoff. And um, and then the next year, things started to turn around. And I remember we beat a Westlake team that had, uh, oh, shit, I can't remember. He, he went on to play at Westlake. He was a receiver and uh, played in the NFL for a little bit. Went to Colorado, set a bunch of, of receiving records there. They had a, uh, uh, a really good athlete um, running back by the name of Brandon Hagee, who's now in the PGA Tour. And uh, so they were good. And we beat them the next year. And uh, that was, it was in a, a rain game over to Gura High School and <laughs> kids were just going bonkers. Right? And, but it just, go, it went to show me that as things turned around, if you stay with the right fundamentals, doing the right things over time, it's going to get better. Well, and, it, uh, I, I guess that, that's, I was going to ask you what the most common thing you have to correct and teach these kids is, uh, and I, I understand it's probably fundamentals, but what in those fundamentals is, seems to be the thing that uh, lacks most that you have to really get started on the basics on, on every kid, uh, whether they're played. Okay, or so I don't care what we're talking about. I don't care what sport we're talking about. So let's just take football, youth football and kids. The idea of getting in a stance and then actually creating leverage to move something or somebody is completely foreign. And so um, learning how to do that, learning how to take a proper step in, into a bat and then into a person and then into a moving person, uh, that takes some time. And then having two people do it together in a double team fashion also takes quite a bit of time yeah. having to pray the person that takes that double team on takes a bit of time and for example or not for example but to get back to what clay matthews taught me it's basically five or ten minutes per day of doing x y and z that then turn into w x y and z and then so on and so on and so on and you get good at just little things and then you kind of tie that into, as if you're on defense, here's where you line up. You shade this guy and this, and you're responsible for that gap. And the linebackers, you set up cones. This is your gap, and that's your gap. And it's just, it comes out of that. And literally, like, by the age of, say, 11, 12, uh, defensively, we were running over, under, zone blitz, you know, and it turned in from not doing it all that well to doing it very well. And you know, just, I, okay. Yeah. Well, you I was going to say, in, in the passing camp, is no different. And so learning how to play catch is one where it starts for both the quarterback and the receiver to have right the correct posture when you're doing both. Um, dropping back, again, same posture. And how to run a route and then catch it at the same time. Uh, that pretty soon those kids eventually learn how to read coverages you know it's, it's, very it's, simply 
It, it, it's interesting because I, I did a series of instructional videos uh, for baseball uh, a while back. And um, it was like the same thing where you mentioned any sport because, you know, there's so, such a misconception when the kids play in the infield is when you go to your right or left, is it a slide or is it a crossover step? Things like that. Or which foot, which foot hits the base when you're, when you're running around the bases, which the left foot or the right, the inside foot or the outside foot. So I know what you're talking about there. Did um, do you run into the parents that um, are sort of little league parents? I mean, you know, we all know how bad little league parents can be. Most of them are supportive and, and everything, but there's also those guys and women yeah. too that uh, just yeah. it's my kid. You you know, what are you doing? You know, do you run right. into those? Well, as well? I'll, I'll I'll tell you that we when I first started with Griffin's team. We had the greatest parents I've ever been around. And um, uh, a lot of these dads found the time or made the time to coach. And the moms were awesome. We'd do stuff together away from football and to go out to eat and whatever it was. And, and like I said, we were so bad so early that and, and I remember getting some of the dads over to Carl's Jr. Like uh, just a few weeks into the summer <laughs> going, all right, I don't, I don't think I can do this because it wasn't coming together. And, there, and then I remember one of them said, huh, okay. So if you can't do this, then who's going to? <laughs> so, uh, and, and ultimately, obviously, I didn't stop doing it and um, it got better. And when you get back to the parents, we never had a parent issue um, really until um, with Griffin's team. Um, yeah, I can't remember an issue that we had in, in all the way through seniors. Uh, uh, Dylan's team, my younger son's team, however, I'm sorry, no, no, no. On Griffin's team, there was. There was a <laughs> it was a, a kid who had, whose mom had called after a few years, after we got fairly good, who called and said, hey, is there room for my son on your team? He plays over at Westlake. And I said, oh, sure. And, um, and so he came over, and he was a pretty good player. And uh, they got to be about, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It was coming into the senior years, right, so the last year before high school. And I remember after a few, uh, uh, picture day, uh, she comes up to me and she says, you know, coach, really appreciate everything you're doing, but my son, uh, would, he needs some more touches uh, as a running back. And I said, okay, well, and I listened to everything she said, and I encouraged the, player, the parents at any time to come to me with anything. Um, and then I remember telling her, uh, okay, so remember, couple years ago you actually called me not vice versa and um and so this is not a minor league system this is uh you know this is youth football and in fact the kid that your kids sharing some time with uh plays tackle and linebacker and so he's actually a good athlete too only he's he works quite a bit harder plays quite a bit harder and so i don't think it's a big thing for him to get some reps too and I said, you know, if you want to go back to Westlake, you're certainly more than welcome. And I think 
sometimes the parents, not all, but some, um, lose the idea that they should be, you know, grateful at least. Um, and all of a sudden they become the stage parent. And, uh, but like that, I, that did not happen. That was not the rule at all. Um, and so one of the things that I was talking about uh, this morning with Rick Wall is he said how important it is to teach kids how you lose and lose gracefully because that's part of life and it's part of sports. And I said, yes, you're absolutely right. But it's also how to win gracefully. And, uh, and not only the kids, but the parents. And so I think it all has the, you're all in a cocoon where you can all learn the same things. That's my opinion. Well, you know, uh, I, I know I always took the philosophy. You had to, it was always good to become, well, not good, but you had to become a good loser to become a good winner. When I, I know the first teams I played on baseball as a kid, we're always awful, you know, and we, and I got, I got to not accept losing, but it made me want to win more. But not only that, when I got to be on a team that was a winning team and actually did something to the next level, uh, it made me appreciate the losing part of it and, and appreciate the, now that I'm on a winning team, how much sweeter that felt and the accomplishment I'd had because I'd learned, you know, you learn by experience, you learn by mistakes. And, and, and that's a, that's a big part of just what you're saying there. You know, the uh, NFL has a lot of programs involved in this. What, what, what can you tell us about that? What do we know about the programs the NFL has? Well, okay. So a few years ago, they started something called play 60 and my young, my cousin, uh, Jill, she's, uh, I don't know, six, seven years younger than me. Um, at that time, she was a teacher. Actually, no, she worked for the district. Uh, she lives up north in Hollister. And she got involved in that. And they would, uh, I, I remember her telling me they would, as a group of not only from her school and their district, but others, and they would congregate at different NFL cities and stadiums. I remember she told me they went to the Cowboys stadium. And, and that it's basically to encourage kids to get out of the house and start playing. And I know they're involved in also a flag football program uh, that the NFL supports. And I think, you know, just as you mentioned, it's a, the NFL is a great marketing machine. But I think also there are so many good lessons to be learned just in the sport itself, really any sport. Uh, you learn over time how to get better at what it is you're doing fundamentally. And you learn both how to lose, how to win gracefully, hopefully. You build friendships. You build some, you're, you're part of a team that's obviously bigger than just you. Tennis and golf are great, I'm sure. And I play golf. It's, I play tennis. But there's, you're not part of a team, um, not that kind of team. And, um, and I think team sports have something that individual sports or no sports at all don't provide. And that's where you are responsible, not only to yourself, but to others. And they also are responsible to you too. So from the coaching on down, um, I think youth sports offers that, especially given when you've got good natured people who are in charge, you know, the ones that are in it for uh, the right reasons. There's a young, there's a coach that I've met through this Camarillo uh, youth football, um, guy named Antonio uh, Skeeters. 
and went out and watched what they do last, I think it was Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and it's normally as an organization from young kids all the way up uh, and watching him and another coach. And he said, this was a, he goes, normally there's 50 kids out here. And there was, I don't know, there was at least 20, but the way he and this other coach go about uh, making making conditioning fun, having playing games, like they played this game where you would have to you'd have to pick up a cone. So the line of kids, you have to pick up a cone and you're you're there's two groups. So they're going against each other. And you sprint down and he had these these circular, almost like hula hoops, but not that big. And they were multicolored and he had set them up. There was one red one in the middle, set up like tic-tac-toe. So they were sprinting down and putting the cones inside the circles to win at tic-tac-toe. <laughs> and you couldn't go until that guy placed his cone and ran all the way back and touched the other kid. Uh, so it was it. Oh, and then I had to carry a football at the same time. Wow. So it was just kind of a cool um, watching kids, watching adults work with kids in such a positive environment. And they go, oh, yeah, we do this every week, every pretty much every Sunday or Saturday. Um, when it's not football season, at least, so what are we in now, May? So at least do May and June. And um, it was just fun to watch. And I think that's kind of the right uh, mentality to you. Like he was telling me, uh, Antonio, that he got so much out of playing football. And he goes, if I could have started this when I was even 12 years old, that would have been great. And, he, and that's what he wants to hand down to his son and other kids. And I think, you know, when you go about it that way and it's not, you know, grind it out and, and you're, <laughs> I've seen some coaches and, the, the, and it's normal and at youth sports, it can be, but not, it's not always, but it can be where it's just, uh, you know, kind of roll the ball out and whoever our best athletes is, you know, the other team, we're going to give him the ball. And then as the other team, you try to stop it and they have no, and I, and I've been on the other side, they have no, uh, they couldn't have, they don't have care in the world. What, uh, how you are as a team or whatever. And so it was, it was, I'd say enjoyable in a way to me that later on, you know, uh, these very coaches, uh, were on the losing end of playing our team. And it was very like, it showed our kids, that if you stick to fundamental things over time, what you might not have physically, you will make up for. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, and I want to get to uh, what I want to talk about here and wrap it up here in a minute. Well, one of the things I did when uh, the idea behind the website that I was talking about with baseball instruction uh, that I started was, was called Bob Brill's Baseball Camp. And there's so many parents uh, who came here as kids uh, from other countries who have no clue as to what American baseball was like. And, you know, they know soccer and they know some of the other sports. They know some NFL football because of the way the NFL has been marketed around the world. But there were parents who now have kids coming up who they want to, you know, um, interact with their kids. And so I did this website. Mainly, that was one of the reasons for it was to teach very basic level 
some of the things and the rules of the game as well, and which were pretty, I, I was surprised at how many hits I got on that, that part of the videos for that. Uh, and people yeah. sending me an email saying, look, I'm from Germany. Uh, I never played baseball. Thank you for doing this. Uh, and, you know, you have that same thing with what you're doing. People coming who now we have so many people from different countries who just need that instruction. Now, um, you're, you're starting something in the off season, I believe, in 2024. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but let me before I get to that, mm-hmm. um, the point you just made. So I mentioned Ed Croson before, who had been first the coach at Birmingham High School, mm-hmm. and he turned that program around. Uh, they had a couple guys there that would come to the camp that you know ended up completely, you know, just stepped onto their campus and weren't really anybody in terms of as a football player who ended up, uh, you know, one guy, Ryan Lombardo, their quarterback, um, ended up throwing for over 3,000 yards or something, went to UCLA, and they had uh, Milton Knox, who was a running back that also came, and uh, ended up being, a, I think it was a state player of the year or something, went on to play in the NFL for a little bit after going to UCLA. And so there's a lot of stories like that where, um, you know, kids that might not have, even dream that you know uh can achieve that and back to your point about international stuff ed croson um uh the short story is he he ran a few plays um at while he was at chaminade that were directly from that don markham offense and that that pitch play i was talking about and he sent me a clip the other day he's been working with the coaches um for a team, one in Costa Rica, one in Brazil via Zoom. There's interpreter and stuff. And uh, he sent me a clip that the team in Costa Rica just won whatever league championship they had. He sent me a clip of 37 pitch <laughs> in Costa Rica. And uh, he goes, wow. let me tell you, these guys, all they want to do, they don't know football, you know, and they 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 want to go right from, they want just want to hit somebody, you know, and, and uh <laughs> But to, do it in organized, <laughs> but to do it in an organized fashion is pretty cool. And like you, you know, to mention like Costa Rica, when have they ever even heard of football? Yeah. And so, uh, great anyway, surfing so that, beaches, uh, though. Great surfing beaches. <laughs> never been. I'm, I'm not a surfer, but I'm sure. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you mentioned about so in 2024, one of the things I'm thinking of doing, and I've already started making this, is where, uh, uh, I, I have a vision for uh, creating a passing camp, okay, for both offense and defensive, not just players, but the coaches in high school. And so let's just take this from an offensive standpoint. You may, I mentioned the, uh, that I'm coaching at uh, Cameron High School now, and, and years ago, Curtis and I used to run this, this kind of high-level camp that I can guarantee you didn't exist before and it doesn't exist now, not that way. And um, so, you know, let's just say, and this already happened, I call up the guy who's in charge of alumni for the Lions. And the idea I have is to use the Lions practice field or facility or the Bears or even right here in L.A. in the Chargers because uh, the Rams are right across the street uh, from where I live and the, and the Chargers who I played for for a year. They're right down in Costa, uh, Costa Mesa. But the idea being that uh, we hold a three-day clinic 
and uh, you make a pre-recorded video that kind of goes through some of the basics, like what we do at this camp, okay, here, and what I do at high school. Here's zone-wise, cover two, cover three, and cover four. Man-to-man-wise, here's cover one and cover two, man. And here's how they work. Um, and here's a few basic offensive plays out of the West Coast passing game, which is what I played with with the Bears and Curtis too. And here's the basic routes on that beat those basic coverages. Um, and uh, and then you start to uh, back that up with uh, like you give them an advanced playbook. And there's a there's a motion capture. Uh, what is it? A motion. Um, it's like using. It's called Tactic 3D. Uh, it's a software company. And in the old days, and most even now, you would be relegated to using a piece of paper to diagram circles going that way and X's on defense. You know, but it's all drawing. And once it's in, it's done. And now you can create these same plays and these same defenses where there are avatar players moving in motion throughout. And so I'm starting to work with that now. And there's going to come a time where I'll get good at it. And you, through a website, give everybody access to this, players, coaches, and they start studying it up and make it a series. And by the time, let's say me, and Curtis, who lives in, in uh, Atlanta now, uh, he's interested in doing this, but as long as I get the details ironed out. Um, and whether it be, so I, well, here's what I envision. Myself, someone like Curtis as a receiver, someone who had been a pass-catching sort of tight end in the NFL, who now likes to teach. Um, and then whether hopefully they've had experience doing it before, whether in high school or younger and, and want to continue or in a, in a sort of a pass catching type of running back. Um, and we give a clinic with both coaches and players. Uh, and the first day might just be meetings and reviewing what's in that playbook and what's, what some of the concepts are and defenses and so forth and take questions and, even with like, so two of us will be with the coaches, two of us will be with the players. And, and then maybe later that uh, afternoon after lunch or something, you go into the indoor facility and you start demonstrating some of this stuff. And then you start having meetings. And then maybe on day two and day three, now you're having meetings where you're installing and you're going over uh, you know, little drill progressions like I talked about, and and you maybe have um, you know where you get now they start getting the players like we'd be supervising the coaches, coaching the players, and uh, and then you've got the same with defense going on, and because in high school your best players play both ways, especially at the schools that I'm talking about, not the ones, not the modern days of the world. Uh, you know, in Chicago, they have a school there uh, that's Loyola, which is they're kind of the modern day of Chicago. Well, it just so happens that um, Mark Carrier, 
who was a teammate of mine with the Bears as a safety, went to, uh, uh, he went to, uh, what's the, Long Beach Poly, then to USC. So I reached out to Mark here just the other day, haven't heard back yet. You know, in, in each city, this might be something that someone like Mark and other, other players who might have played still live and still want to teach. And what I'm saying, he used to teach, he used to, I think I remember seeing where he coached at one time for the Jets as a defensive line coach. So it's not like he didn't like to coach. And uh, as long as people are in that, in that town and don't have to travel and make it a full-time operation, that might be something they get involved with. I reached out to Dave Wanstead and, uh, and he's actually got a grandson at Loyola and he's got five in Chicago. Uh, and so he got back to me and said, Hey, if I'm in town, cause I'm doing mostly grandpa stuff now. And, and as you might know, he's on Fox in the, right. during the season, but this is some off season I'm talking about. And he was saying that, you know, if I'm in town that, yeah, I'd love to help out with that. And so that's what I'm talking about is we can, whether it be Detroit, Chicago, I went to NC state right here in LA, you've got the same situation with both two teams. And, um, and so, you know, and I'm even, th I'm, I even told uh, the guy with uh, Camarillo Youth, uh, Antonio, I said, if you want to start doing some clinics and helping me coach uh, your coaches to coach players, I got it all on film right now. So this is something I think that the sports world needs uh, and that doesn't have just yet. But I think, like I was saying in 2024, that would give me in the off season, that would give me a good year or, so, or more to kind of find these folks. And then maybe they, if they're local, we can start, they can become part of this passing camp and uh, we can even do it right here. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of what's heading down the tracks. Well, that's great. You know, it's, uh, and, and the NFL gets behind it. it I can see this taking off in every city in the country, you know, uh, especially every NFL city. And, and like you mentioned, places where you don't have an NFL team like at NC State. You know, uh, this has been great, Eric. And uh, I really want to wish you luck with that one. Uh, if we can help out in any way, let's do it. Um, so if you have a kid that wants to play football or just enjoys playing football, or even, you know, it's something they, they want to uh, – Tackles, no pun intended. Um, you know, look forward to this whole program. Uh, that'll do it for another edition of Kramer and Brill. Don't forget to join us next time wherever you get your shows and on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.